welcome back to Calling All Friends, the collaborative opinion podcast where each week you will hear from different people in different ways. First things first, my very snorry dog is back with us today, so that's what you may be able to hear in the background. He is very loud. I've moved away from him, but still. Um, Also, before the Valentine's episode, we did skip a week. And the reason for that is I wanted this episode, this this particular episode, to go up then. um, But we just didn't get a lot of submissions for it. So it's late and it's short, but I have a feeling we'll be coming back to this topic because I think once you've heard it, a good number of you will have something to say on the subject. It's another great topic. I found the number of people willing to weigh on and I or like answer the question really telling. Um, I'll let you hear it now and then we can discuss. After having a child, how do you keep your relationship a priority when it can feel like the priority is doing things as a family? And how do we do it without mum guilt and being relying on others to look after the child? I think she's basically asking the question that every parent at some point has asked. And as a result, rather than us having a horde of people ready and willing to give advice, we've got everyone kind of waiting to hear the answers for themselves. Um, It's like sometimes you hear a question, you're like, oh, that's such a great question. I'm going to wait for the comments or I'm going to wait to see what people say. Um, Because everybody wants to know. It's such a common question. Balancing parenting and your relationship is not only difficult but it's incredibly personal and it's different from couple to couple everybody feels differently about that balance everybody wants something different and everybody has like different levels of guilt in this situation I did get a couple of voice notes on this subject so we'll listen to those now uh, and then I'll tell you how I feel because I think there's a certain mindset to have in this situation um, but it doesn't really help with the whole mum guilt element although I don't have a child I have lots of friends with children of different different ages, uh, various children, like three or four blended families, single children, uh, like lone child as well. And I have asked them all various times of my life or their lives and the kids' lives what their tips and how they deal with things like this because some have got more success at doing this than others. And ironically, the ones with more children seem to have more success at it. And by success, I mean retaining a relationship um, I don't know if it's because with more children, you, you say, we definitely need to focus on this. We are not just mum and dad. And I think that's what my advice would be. Although, obviously, I'm not a parent. I think stop calling it parent guilt or mum guilt because there's no need to feel guilty about it. You are a man and a woman or a man and a man, man, a woman and a woman. Either way, it's no need to feel guilty about it. And I think that's what my advice would be. Although, obviously, I'm not a parent. Pre-having that child, you sat there as a couple and talked about how this would change things, how amazing it would be, what a blessing it would be, and all of those things, and what an addition and how beautiful it would be to have something that the pair of you could uh, share and enjoy together. Uh, You need to hold on to that. Remember that. That's the mantra that you need to remember. You were a couple before this child or children came along, and it's nothing to feel guilty about. If you don't retain that relationship as a man and a woman or a couple, I say man and woman because it's just default, as as a couple, you may well end up losing the core point of your family. If you don't retain that beautiful couple that you were beforehand that wanted this child or children, they will suffer. You will suffer as, as a couple, as individuals. You're still people. You're still beyond parents and that's the point that you need to remember and as an advocate of someone that doesn't have children 
I can see it from both sides. I can see how you would feel guilty. I can see how you spent all this time bringing this child into the world or children and you want to nurture them. It's all about family time, but you need to make time for yourselves. If you don't, the spark that got you together, that made you think this was a great idea, it was a natural reason to have children, will die and your children will suffer from that. They love you as parents and want you to be happy. I'm one of them people who don't have parents on hand to babysit my children. Um, It's a struggle when that happens. But to keep relationships alive, especially between your partner, putting in a bit of effort really helps. And making sure that you do spend time together. Whether that's doing a date night once the baby's asleep or the children are asleep. Um, making sure that you spend quality one-on-one time and you're not talking about the kids, you're talking about something else. Even if that's the weather or something you've watched on TV, um, turning the TV off completely and just sitting, just you and them, without any distractions or anything like that really helps. Um, And as hard as it is and as tired as you are, making that effort means the world to your partner even if that's once a month just make sure that you're there for them or maybe you get your favorite meal in or you just do a takeaway and you get disposable plates and stuff like that so there's no washing up no one needs to worry about it um and just just spending time being involved in the other person um it's so easy to fall into the trap of it's all about the children or it's all about work um but you really 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 need to make that effort as tired as you are i'm not a mum myself but i can honestly say that my mum and dad both kept their relationship live by including me and my brother in their lives but also asking us just to go out you know do our own thing together whether that was encouraging us to do things together as brother and sister or just getting us out of the house they always made time in an evening to sit and watch a favorite tv program or on a saturday or a sunday go out shopping together without the kids um and that didn't really ever affect me or my brother All it's done is made us appreciate how strong our parents are and I still look up to my mum and my dad in their relationship, in my relationship now. So I don't think any parent should ever feel guilty about making time for their relationships. We get all of their time, pretty much all of their lives. So I really think that Mum and dads need to focus on themselves. That creates happier children, I think. So stop feeling guilty. Go and have a date night, even if that is having dinner by yourselves while the kids are sat in the lounge watching a movie. And that is from a child, not a mum. I totally agree that parents should remember that they were a couple before the child arrived. Um, that's kind of difficult because it's one of those things like you know that's actually what you should do, but it's, it's hard to um, kind of... What's the word I'm looking for? You know, like, 
you can't, I want to say you can't get over yourself. That's not what I mean. There's a phrase like you can't get out of your own way. That's what I, that's what I mean. Um, and in my relationship, I put that first before the kids and that's pretty controversial. Something I have received a fair amount of flack about over the years. Um, not that I've said that outright necessarily before. Um, and not so much now the children are older because people don't seem to care quite so much. But when the kids were small, my relationship taking priority is not something that everyone can get on board with. Um, but I'm of the opinion that you're strongest when you're together and parenting's hard enough without battling with your partner or feeling like you're on your own. You need to be a unit. You know, if you are in a relationship, I mean, even if you're not, even if you're like co-parenting with someone who is still involved, because I do that as well, um, I think you still need to be kind of united and you being at war with the person you're trying to parent with, it's very, very difficult. And so, especially if you're in a, still in a romantic relationship with your partner, um, well, with your partner, with the if, with the person you are co-parenting with, um, then I think that should be a priority. And also, in the grand scheme of things, they are only young for a short period of time. And I think this is the thing where people get a bit... It, this is the, the thing where person to person, it's really, really difficult to say, this is what you should do, this is what you shouldn't do. Because the you can argue for and against everything. But the fact that they are only small for a short period of time, for some people will say, well, everything, you should just give absolutely everything to them in that time because you need to really absorb every moment of their childhood. And then for me, I feel like once the teenagers, you've kind of put in all of that time, but will you wish you'd put in the time to maintain your relationship with your partner as well? It's it, it, There are swings and roundabouts, but if you dedicate, let's say 10, it depends on how, bigger gap you have between your children but let's say 10 years um of your lives completely 100% focused on the children at the end of that 10 years your relationship will have suffered in some form it might be possible to repair that and kind of get it back to what it once was but if you don't put in some kind of time if you don't at least vaguely prioritize that romantic relationship then it will have a detrimental effect Obviously, there's you know different strokes for different folks. Everyone's going to be different. Um, but I've always looked at the big picture in, in that sense. And I don't want to be that couple that have got nothing in common when the kids move out. Um, we're already making plans for what we're going to do once they're old enough to be uh, home alone or houses we might live in when it's just the two of us. Um, the problem, of course, is that when you say that out loud, people immediately judge you for not loving your children. But that's just not the case. I just can't make my children my whole world when I know that one day they're going to be off and doing their own thing and I'm going to be left mourning for the life that I built all around them if I don't have a life of my own. I, for many, many, I mean, this is particularly, it's a trigger, let's say, um, particularly personal to me because I've spoken a lot about this when I go off and do things by myself or I do things, bloggery things, or I go away with my friend overnight or whatever I might do. Um, over the years, many people have commented on that, both in my real life and online. Um, and I do feel very strongly that I want to have my own life outside, well, even to, in, in, you know, to extend it further, I want a life of my own that's not just myself and my partner. I want a life of my own that's not part of this family. I want a life of my own that's not just being a mum. Because I feel like, for me, that's really important. Um, even if you feel completely 100% fulfilled being a parent, I do still think there will come a time when you are less needed on a day-to-day -day basis and that could then have a detrimental effect on your own personal mental health because you feel like the life that you've built 
around being a mum is less than because they're not there all the time. Again, this is, you know, it's conjecture, but it's just how I feel. Um, they are part of my life, of course, a huge part of my life. I love them very much and I wouldn't be without them, but they're not my reason for being. Um, I, it's hilarious when I talk about this online because uh, I can't remember how it came up, but we were talking, oh, it was one of those things, you know, the, um, I did a video on this, it was a, a tag and it was the assumptions tag, that's what it was. And not like not being maternal or being a mum didn't, didn't come easy to you, that kind of thing, came up quite frequently. And I really do think this is because we expect mums specifically to just kind of live for their children and be all about their children all of the time. And especially their online presence, it needs to be, here are my children, look at my children. And I'm just not that person. But the funny thing is, all I ever wanted in life growing up was to be a mum. I had no ambition. I still, to this day, don't really know what I want to do when I grow up. Um, but I knew I wanted to have kids. And that's all. That is my only ambition in life was to have children. And so it's kind of funny because we see it in different ways. Like there are, there's no one way to be a mother. Um, and there's, there's so much judgment surrounding it. And much as this is about parents trying to maintain a relationship together, I personally think men aren't as worried about this as women. Men don't have the same guilt. They have guilt for sure. We just went away um, on our own for a few nights and my husband was like, felt really, really guilty that we'd left um, the kids. But when we came home, they didn't seem to have cared. Uh, he feels pretty chill about doing it again, maybe next year. But he was immensely like, really felt that immense guilt. But I don't think it's the same thing as it is for women because women are constantly made to feel like the children should be everything to you. Um, and so I think it is more for women to kind of, again, get out of our own way. Just, we need to get a handle on how we feel rather than make time for our husbands or make time for our partners or make time for our whoever, because that all comes once you accept the fact that you are still a person beyond the children, I think. Um, we all parent differently. And if you're like a my children are everything kind of mum, then I'm good for you. But I think that a good number of us do end up feeling resentful when we don't prioritise ourselves and our relationships with our partner. Um, and the kicker is that we do feel immense guilt. And that is because nobody wants to admit that they are not entirely fulfilled by being a mother or a father or a parent, whatever. Um, so if you do feel that way, you aren't alone. Um, you feel like you are and you feel terrible about it, but you're not necessarily. There's loads of people who are completely fulfilled by parenting. Um, loads of people who from the moment they have children don't really even care that much about their like romantic life or their social life or whatever but I, I do truly believe that even those people will eventually wish that they had maintained some relationships in their life because when the children don't need you anymore or you know don't need you as much what happens then um I'm here to tell you you are not alone you can prioritize yourself whenever and wherever possible um and my second issue here is childcare. In my case, the Lord giveth in the form of my very generous mother who donated one week's holiday per year to me when I was pregnant with my daughter. The Lord taketh by delivering my daughter to me at the grand old age of 19. On the one hand, I hadn't had that time with my partner and we hadn't made the decision to change our lives, as one of our commenters said, um, as she was saying, you sit down and you think about how this is going to change your life and it's going to be such a blessing and all of that stuff. I think this is so funny because that did not happen to me. Um, we hadn't made that decision at all. It was made for us. Obviously, you then go on to make a decision, but you know what I'm saying. Um, and I don't really know what it is 
to maintain a relationship as a non-parent as a result of that. So I do think this strong urge to carve out myself as me and not just a mom comes from that situation. So I do kind of, I have to acknowledge the fact that um, I am coming at it from a completely different perspective than let's say you've been with your partner for five years and you did the whole, you know, you did it all in the right order and you got married and then you tried for a baby and all that stuff. Um, Maybe it feels differently, but you know, I, I have to acknowledge that that is, um, that is my situation. It's the only, I've only ever been a mum as an adult, really. Uh, I did have odd nights away and holidays without my children and they were immeasurably useful, but I also got divorced from my first husband. So babysitters are not magic. Um, my babysitter free advice would be to get the kids in bed at a set time every night. So you've got a couple of hours of adult time and always go to bed together. That's not a euphemism. (laughs) Although sex is obviously important. That may be another episode. Uh, But going to bed at the same time was something that Lee and I committed to from the start. And it seems like such a silly thing, but I think it makes a massive difference. Um, And lastly, I want to talk about love language because this is huge as well. And if you haven't heard it already, if you haven't heard of love language, buckle in. Again, I think, I really do think that we are going to have a whole episode about this because I feel, I just love love language. I feel very strongly about it. We all have our own preferred way of giving and receiving love. And once you identify what yours is and what your partner's is, complete game changer. Mine is acts of service. That's my like main one. I never feel more loved than when Lee offers to go and fill up my car (laughs) or go to the shop for me. Uh, Like if I'm, I'm on my last can of beer and he's like, do you want me to go and get you some more beer? Yes, I feel seen. I feel cared for. I feel loved because he has offered to do something I do not want to do. Um, and it could be anything, absolutely anything at all. It's not like anything you are feeling like, I'd really rather not do that. Someone offering to do that for you. That's not going to be the same for everyone. But for me, that is like a major, that feel, that is like the, the largest act of affection. Um, Lee's is physical touch. So making the effort to sit next to each other on the sofa or hog or whatever it might be, um, he receives love in like physical connection. So that can be literally just like you sit next to each other instead of sitting at opposite ends of the sofa, which we often do. Um, and I definitely feel that like if we've been, if we have been like separate for too long, I feel a distance. Um, and I don't know whether or not if we both experienced love in like acts of service or if we both experienced love in like words of devotion or whatever it might be, um, I don't know if I would feel the same way, um, but I definitely feel that kind of distance if we haven't um, been physically close to each other because I I think that 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 strengthens his connection to me because that is how he receives love the funny thing is you can give love in different ways so I receive love in acts of service but I often show love in um, giving gifts which is not how I receive love if someone gives me a gift I mean occasionally it depends on Again, if someone's been really thoughtful, that kind of thing, then of course, you still feel loved when someone buys you a gift. But um, often I will, that's how I show love is to buy things for people, to give things to people. Um, And so that in itself is kind of funny because you need to try and find the balance of, like I could buy gifts for Lee all day long, but he he uh, he wouldn't receive that love in the same way that I was sending it out to him if you're with me. Again, we're gonna do an episode on this. This is almost it already. Um, this can also be used with your kids. 
So you might think that you're showing love to these important people in your life, but if they don't value those methods, then it's almost pointless. Um, so I actually did make some notes on this, like the example of giving gifts. If you show love by buying presents, the other person doesn't value the love language of receiving gifts, then it's just a present. It doesn't really mean anything. Um, they aren't feeling what you're feeling. And if your language is um, words of affection, but theirs is acts of service, they might be doing everything for you. And you think they're showing you, and they think that they're showing you all the love, but all you want to hear is that they love you. So if my, my love language, there is like, um, what's the word? Uh, quiz online that you can do about this one. Um, I'll, I'll try to remember to link this in the show notes because it's just so, so useful. You can do this quiz, you answer all of the questions, get yourself to do it, get your partner to do it, and you can figure out what your love language is. It's like, what are, it's like a multiple choice type thing, like which of these things is most important to you, which of these things is least important, that kind of thing. Uh, and at the end of it, I think it will be very interesting. And I would love for you to tell me on social media how it came out for you. Um, but yeah, if you, for example, were um, words of words of service, what's it called? Like lang- love language, actual language, words of affection. Um, and you just want someone to like say nice things to you and say like how much you, you mean to them or just that they love you or whatever. And they could be bringing you home presents every single day. And you might just think, well, but they don't love me because they haven't said that they love me. But the other person doesn't know that that's what you need to feel love. It's just, it really truly is. It makes so much difference. And I think talking um, has been in the last few years for Lee and I, I think communication and learning the love language has been one of the absolute biggest, biggest things in terms of um, feeling secure in my relationship and feeling just like more unified and more like we're on the same page. It really does make such a difference. Um, And this is how two people can be on totally different pages and have no idea. And one person feels unloved or unappreciated and the other person just doesn't understand. Communication is always key and learning what the other person really needs is totally free and doesn't need childcare. I really, really can't stress that enough. This particular part, do this. Um, I also got a fun question uh, for parents that I thought would be good to round off the episode. Hi, Makala. I was just wondering how parents feel when us childless people glaze over when you talk about your kids, either because we don't care or we can't relate. Again, we're going back to the whole you can't be a person without being a parent rant. Um, But... I personally, on this particular topic, it's it's hard because I know when you're in it, when something is all you are experiencing, all you're thinking about, it's all you want to talk about. It's not just kids. You could be getting married. You could have just started a job. You could have um, started a business. It could be anything. It could be like whatever. Whatever the thing is that you are super... Or like a, a God, when people start hobbies, man, you know, like if I start yoga, you'll never hear the end of it until I get bored of yoga. Um, Or when people start the gym or when people start like crafting or whatever, it's like, then it's all you want to talk about because it's all you're reading about. It's all you're thinking about. It's all you're doing in your spare time. And um, it's not just a parenting thing, but most of us are not interested in other people's children. This is not just childless people. So childless people listening to this, please understand. When you see a picture of someone's baby and you are like, this is the dullest thing I have ever had to be a part of. This conversation about the goo-goos and the gargas that this person's baby is making. I can't, like, I don't care. Don't feel that bad because chances are 
other parents who are also having that conversation about somebody else's baby feel exactly the same way. It's just, you know, let them, let them be. It's like we talked about in, um, which episode were we talking this about? I can't remember. Relationships, friendships. Yeah. Adult friendships. I think that's when we were talking about this. It's like, we all go through phases of life. And if the phase of life they're in right now is, because literally this baby will be everything to them because it's just constant. It is, it's all they've got to talk about because it is all day long. It's like, I get really into a Netflix show and it's all I want to talk about. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Um, But it is, it's all they've got right now to hang on to is all these sleepless nights are worth it because look at this cute kid. Look, Look at this cute picture. Look at this cute thing that they did. I've got a video. Just go along with it. And in a little while, they'll kind of come back to the normal person that they used to be. Um, but I, I completely 100% know what you mean. It is a bit of a lull. And I think most of us know that we're doing it when we're doing it. And we've all been there. We've got a cute dog, you know. Oh, you're, everyone else is kind of just pretending to be excited beyond a certain point. You can be excited at first and then after a while it gets boring. Anyway, um, as I said, we didn't get a lot of um discussion on this one and I really do think because everyone's got the same question and so instead you got a long ramble from me about various (laughs) various parts of this um but I do think we could go back to this I also don't know a tremendous amount of people who would be like in in real life um who would be kind of willing to chat about this openly on a podcast again because most people are kind of going through it and it's one of those things that's kind of difficult to talk about while you are in the midst of it. What really would be useful is to um, kind of chat with someone a little bit older that's kind of been through it and can now talk about it with a little bit of distance, which is kind of how I feel because my youngest is um, eight. So it's been a while since I was like super worried about the whole baby phase and how that affects the relationship and stuff. I feel like I've come through the other end. Um, but I, I do think we're going to revisit this topic at some point. So if you do have any particular extra questions to add to it, or if you've got any advice, any comments, again, anything you want to share, then you can um, contact us at callingallfriends.pod on Instagram. You can also send any voice notes to hello at Michaela.com. All of this will be in the show notes. I don't expect you to remember. Um, But thanks again for tuning in this week. We've had um, some great topics already. We've got more coming up. Don't forget, we are almost every week on a Wednesday. Um, And tell your friends, tell your friends, leave us a nice review. Only five stars. I'm not having anything less than five stars. Five stars, guys. Five stars. Nice comments. Nice reviews. Nice suggestions to your friends to go and listen to this podcast. Um, And otherwise, I will speak to you. I'll ramble to you again this time next week. Bye.